You're listening to An Open Dialogue. I am Violet Howe. And I am Todra Candle. And we welcome you to An Open Dialogue. This week we wanted to talk about weddings. I, um, I had the honor and the privilege of attending three completely different weddings in the last four weeks. And I was just really struck by... Um, one, like how, you know, how much we love weddings and how passionate as a, as a society we are about weddings, but two, how, how different weddings can be. Um, as many of you know, I was a wedding planner or involved in the wedding industry in some capacity for about 15 years and did, you know, several weddings. And even though the components of every wedding are the same, the feeling or the, the atmosphere, the experience of every wedding is different because the people are different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I can't remember the last time I was to a wedding. We're we're kind of out of that season of our lives. However, having said that, because of my husband's profession, every now and again we are involved in the process of a wedding. And you are right; these are all very different. Um, I mean, you've got the same basic, like obviously, you know, somebody goes down the aisle. There's vows. There's an exchange of rings. There's you know, like so the components are the same, but it's very very different. Yes. On the, on the couple. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And sometimes there's not an aisle and sometimes right. there aren't rings and sometimes right. it's just completely different. And yeah. it's funny too, you talked about being in that season and I do think like we go through a season where suddenly all of our friends are around us, you know, are getting married and, and then you kind of go through the, you know, having kids and all the, the different seasons together. And the first wedding that uh, was part of our little round of weddings the, f- the first wedding that we attended was the son of a of a dear dear friend of mine and and we talked about because all of us there there were like you know four of us moms there who have brought up our children together our kids are all roughly the same age or, or kind of like at a five-year range of ages and we talked about that we're now in that next season of life we're now all of our kids are getting married like out of the four um, of us who were very very close three of the four have a, a child getting married within a year and I'm crossing my fingers that my child is not gonna round out that fourth. I mean unless he falls in love and is madly in love with somebody and wants to marry them obviously but um, but yes yeah, so and we're now in that that next season mm-hmm. where you know your children start to get married and, and you're at the wedding in a different capacity it's true it's true and Yes, and that was, and I have had experience of being mother of the bride, which right. you know has been uh, oh seven and a half years ago. So right, right, it's a distant memory now. So yeah, you're moving into the next I'm phase. I'm moving into the the grandmother stage. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, it's funny because at that at that first wedding, I think that our role there was was one of you know obviously support and celebration, but one of kind of like you know, I felt like my purpose there was supporting the mother of the groom and, and mm-hmm. being there for her and kind of being part of, of her um, celebration and part of her release of her son into this next stage of life. And um, the the second wedding that we went to, we were very close friends with the parents of the bride, but I also have a very special relationship with the bride. So like our role there was even was even kind of different because I was kind of like part of the bride's process and the bride mm-hmm. celebration. I had um, 12 years ago, I believe it was, um, 12 years ago, I coordinated the wedding of um, Kath and Anton, who were the bride's parents for the second wedding, and um, they were from the UK, they live in England, 
and were having their wedding here in Florida. And so over the course of, I think it was about a year that we planned and, and corresponded and, and back and forth. And we just really hit it off and became connected and, and we've maintained that friendship. And Zara, the bride's daughter, I think was 16 then. I could be wrong on that. And I'm sure she'll connect, correct me if she listens to this. But um, uh, I had a special relationship with her in, in that planning. And as we've maintained our friendship and they visit us here and we visited them there, um, she and I have remained close. And throughout her wedding plans, you know, she shared things with me. So um, my role there was was different. And then the last wedding that we attended last Sunday night was a very close friend of mine who's getting married for the first time. Mm. And so that was, you know, a, a totally different experience. It's just, it's so funny to me how weddings... Um, weddings can have so many different you know it can be the young person Mm -hmm. who's who's getting married for the first time and usually those are the ones who have like 10 you know bridesmaids (laughs) and 10 groomsmen because you know they have this huge circle of friends that they can't imagine not including and then sometimes it's an older couple you know maybe later in life and in that case you usually only see maybe one two three bridesmaids or groomsmen because they've kind of honed down to those people that are you know, there for you through thick and thin and through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be, you know, later in life, first time wedding. Like, it's just, it's funny how, you know, the, the many different stages of life that we go through and the many different stages of life people are in when they get married. Well, and it's, it's, it's funny for me because I was the first among my friends by a long, long shot to get married. The first and how old were you when you married? I was 20. Okay. I was 20 and I was the first one in the group. And so, uh, you know, I had a lot of friends there. I, I did have the huge wedding party, but that was for a lot of different reasons. It was, you know, family, family uh, uh, pressures and, you know, what right. have you. And you have to have this person yes. and you have to ask your cousin and you can't yes. ask. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And if you have this person, you must have this person. Yes. And, yes. Um, yeah. Um, so that was, you know, that was. But then after we had our wedding, actually we, uh, on our honeymoon, started to drive and ended up flying across the country to be for my husband to be in another wedding because he was uh, you know, had just graduated from West Point, and uh, and so that was that you know there was that that flurry of weddings that was uh, traditional after West Point graduation because you cannot be married at West Point right you cannot be so you have a whole lot of people who who get married right after. Um, but then after that, I don't think I was to a wedding forever because we lived in Hawaii. And so, oh, right. you, you know, we, you didn't just fly home for, you know, for anything. And um, I, we, I don't think we came home. I, I think you know, there was that little kind of family time of weddings where my cousins were getting married and, and what have you. But uh, um, it, was, it, was, it was strange because by the time my friends began to get married. I had two or three children. <laughs> so, right. you know, it was so a whole you had kind of moved into that next stage of life by the right. time they were exactly. up with you. Exactly. I don't think I was in any weddings really um, after that. After I don't, I don't think I've been in a wedding for probably 25 years. That's probably, wow. yeah. It just... I think it's, it's, it's interesting too. Like at the time that I started working with Disney's Fairytale Weddings, I started working there in 94. And destination weddings as a concept was just beginning to become popular. Mm. You know, prior to that, you pretty much got married 
in your hometown or yes. you got married, you know, where you had grown up. And so your family and friends were right there and were able to come. And it might be that you married somebody from outside of there. And so their family had to travel, mm-hmm. you know, so you traditionally had like, okay, the rehearsal dinner is, you know, wedding party, immediate family and those from out of town. Like, right. you know what I mean? Yep. Because you had to kind of accommodate anyone coming in from out of town. Yes. And when destination weddings happened and people started going someplace else to get married and everyone was traveling, it changed the rules in a lot of ways. And I think it also changed how many people could attend your exactly. wedding. Definitely. In fact, if you needed the wedding to cost less, having a destination <laughs> wedding would sometimes work to do that because then you had less people attend. You have to figure for every eight guests on your list, which is basically maybe like a family or two families, that's a linen, that's a centerpiece, that's eight meals and eight trips to the bar. So mm-hmm. um, cutting your list um, by, by having out of town or by having in a place where not a lot of people can travel or even not giving a lot of notice. If you know that you are limited in how many people can travel, like um, when destination weddings started happening, I think save the dates became popular where exactly. you send someone a notice of like, hey, mark this date on your calendar, go ahead and you know make travel arrangements, ask for time off work because this is coming. And that can be sent like a year out, whereas you know traditional invitations are like six to eight weeks. But um, mm-hmm. I think that if you give people the less notice you give them, the less likely they are able to travel, but then you invited them. So <laughs> True. True. And, so. and I think that, that we've become so much more of a transient nation where we yes. are traveling back and forth. I, w- I was sitting here thinking about the fact that I can't remember the last time we had a wedding invitation that Clint wasn't performing the wedding, right. you know, that, that, that right. it wasn't that. Um, and yet when we go back to New Jersey, and I'm staying with Aunt Terry and Uncle John, they probably have, they, I, I, I can't remember ever being there that they haven't had at least four or five weddings in the offing, you know, like maybe in the next right. month to two months. Right. They have a huge circle of friends. They have lived there forever. You know, for us, we've lived a lot of different places and, and we're just, our circle is very small. And so right. we don't really, and, <laughs> and this is not a, a digression, but our circle is also tends to be a little bit more elderly. Than, right. <laughs> than, than a lot of other people. They've already done that. They're not yeah. in that stage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, but it, that when you talk about the destination wedding, we had a, we, we had originally planned a, a kind of destination wedding because, um, at West Point, if you get married, um, they, they, they the chapel is actually set up so that, uh, the, on graduation day, they can do weddings like every 15 minutes. Really? Now, yes. On now, graduation day? On graduation day, yes. I believe the first wow. wedding is usually scheduled for an hour post-graduation. Um, really? Now, having having just finished writing a book about a wedding that took place at West Point, not on graduation day, but actually several years later, um, I have done some research into this, and that's no longer a thing. I mean, it used to be that there was a lottery, and you would put your name in, and that's how you found out when you were getting married. They would choose the lottery and tell you, you know, okay, your wedding is at three o'clock on graduation day, or your wedding is at one o'clock. You better get changed fast. You know? Yeah. That See, and that's funny because, like, having having not had personal experience with that particular c- culture, you know, the West mm-hmm. Point culture, like. That's funny to me that like you wouldn't reserve that day for celebrating the one life accomplishment that you right. would, you know rush to get the other life accomplishment included. That's funny. Well, I think a lot of it is a holdover from the time that people would graduate and then they would immediately be shipped to their duty station. And okay. so if that you were going to go, then you needed to have a wife 
You're, yeah, you're, it was more practical. Yes, yeah, yeah. she had to go with yeah. you or else the army wasn't going to pay for her. Right, you know? right. So, and, and of course, it wouldn't have been done in those days either to have somebody, you know, just, just go off and, and live together for a while. That was strictly forbidden. And there is still there a culture of, you know, we were taught as, as soon-to-be army wives um, a certain protocol. I, I received um, silver card receivers for wedding gifts because there were times that we, we were instructed that, you know, people would make calls on certain days and you had to have a tray out to receive their cards. And, you know, and you had to have china and silver because you were going to be entertaining as an officer's oh, wife. Wow. Now I'm here to tell you that that never happened in real life, you know, <laughs> but, but at that point they were still telling us, this is what you have to do. Um, now we did not end up actually getting married at West Point. We, um, we're going to. We had actually booked the chapel and, and the hotel fair, and we were very excited about it. But um, they gave us some trouble. The, the Catholic chapel up there would not um, allow their priests to participate and would not allow my husband's priest to participate. They said we had to walk down and get married again at their chapel if we wanted to do that. So we would have had two weddings in one day. Um, and that seemed a little redundant to us, so we actually got married uh, back at home. We still, had um, an, we still had an army wedding, but it was yeah, yeah. Yeah, back at the, the church where my parents had gotten married. So, yeah. It's always interesting to me how much is dictated by tradition. Mm -hmm. um, and, and usually those traditions began with, like you said, you know, it was a very practical reason that, right. that you were doing that. But then it's funny how it just kind of becomes adopted. And, and I saw a lot in my time doing weddings where people go through the motions because it's tradition. That's just what's done. And they don't really understand the reasoning behind it or know the reasoning behind it and it's interesting now in attending weddings and in still having friends who are planning weddings it's interesting how many people kind of pick and choose like we like this tradition maybe it's not their culture's tradition but they right. like it they like the meaning behind it so they do it yeah um you know traditionally the the groom would never see the bride right. before the wedding and uh, I, I see a lot of, of couples who no longer do that. A lot of couples do their, their photos ahead of time, and they may do, right. like, um, a dress reveal so that the groom, you know, you have that moment of surprise. But they do their photos ahead of time because it's more practical. Then you don't have people waiting around after the ceremony for pictures. And we have, um, you know, our friends who got married Sunday night incorporated the the breaking of the glass and the mm -hmm. you know mazel tov at the end as a nod to both of them have jewish heritage but it wasn't a jewish ceremony it wasn't performed by a rabbi um and they also did the unity candle which is mm -hmm. you know traditionally more of a, a christian component of a wedding so it's interesting how people are blending their cultures they're blending traditions they're foregoing traditions so i think the the scope of weddings has become very much more about the individual Couple. It's true. It's true. I remember reading a book probably in the, the mid to late 80s, and it was a wedding took place. It was a Laverle Spencer book, and they, it, it began with a wedding, and they talked about the fact that they were doing the pictures ahead of time. And I was just floored because my experience, you never, never, never did pictures ahead of time. And uh, it, was, it was really, I, I, it would begin to open up my eyes to the fact that maybe how we did weddings in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area was not the only way to do that. Right. Well, and it, and I think it's, for me, I think it's a good thing o only because working yeah. with so many different couples and sometimes them trying to fit in the shoebox of mm -hmm. what 
grandmother or mother or aunt or somebody else was dictating had to be the way that it happened. And I like to see the couples express their own individuality. Yes. And I like to see the wedding reflect the couples. Like yes. these three that we just attended, the first one, um, young couple in their early 20s, you know, just finished with school and embarking and, and they're very much... Um, outdoor people, very much hiking and backpacking and, and, you know, doing these things. In fact, they're setting off their honeymoon. It's going to be a backpacking across Chile. And um, so this was an outdoor wedding. It was mm-hmm. on the on, on a lake shore in the Ocala National Forest. It was outdoor. Everyone was sweating buckets, <laughs> but it was absolutely beautiful and very casual. It was in a, um, in a, in a beautiful pavilion in the forest that was open air, you know, no air conditioning. It did have electricity, thank God, and bathrooms. But, um, but you know, very casual meal. They had a Mexican menu. They had ice cream sandwiches um, in lieu of a cake. They had, you know, mosquito spray wipes and little buckets. Like, <laughs> and it was very casual and very... Um, tender and laid back and just a really really you know fun event um the second one we attended was in a castle in scotland so obviously quite a bit more formal and a lot more um with you know traditions and 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 more kind of i I guess probably the most traditional of the three weddings that we attended but it was very much um you know reflected the 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 bride and groom and then the last one that we attended was a friend who has been in the wedding industry. Um, uh, actually, her time there is, is longer than I was in the wedding industry. Um, she came in right after I started and, and stayed in until just recently. And so you see all these different things that she had experienced and seen and done and kind of molded, you know, her own wedding and had some really unique things. You know, when when you mention in the, it, it was at the Ritz-Carlton. So it was a very elegant, very classy wedding. But then they had, you know, elements of humor and and reflected them in the vows. Um, He had to vow that he would support the Philadelphia Eagles when (laughs) they were called upon to do so. And she had to vow that she would support the Miami Dolphins when called upon to do so. So, you know, they still incorporated um, touches of their individuality. And there were things that that represented both of their families. And so I think it's I think it's a good thing I think it's a good thing to include some traditions but not to have their tradition just because someone says you have to to exactly. make the wedding more reflective exactly. of the bride and groom exactly I'm, I'm, I know that uh, we tried to do that when Devin when my oldest daughter got married we tried to make it so that it was exactly what she wanted it to be without it being overwhelming without it being stressful or or you know we had a we had a blast planning it we really did have a really good time and and it was it was a lot of fun um and i tried to be very mindful of the idea of if at any point there was something that was stressing her then that we needed to examine how important that was right in the overall scheme of things and um and yet what's interesting to me is that my two younger daughters have both said that they do not want anything like that when they get married. One wants a beach wedding. One says she's going to tell us the day before and we're going to go to a restaurant. I mean, <laughs> she's like, she doesn't want to think about it ahead of time. She doesn't want, you know, doesn't want right. any stress at all. Right. And to me, it wasn't stressful, not compared to my wedding, not compared to others I've seen. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, one, one thing that was cool at Devon's that I really liked um, was that one of our aunties from California who could not be there sent a, um, a lei from Hawaii 
to oh, uh, nice. the day of the wedding. We didn't know it was coming. We didn't know, you know, we didn't, but we were able to incorporate it. We actually laid it around the unity candle and it was a way to, um, to have kind of a memory of my parents who, who were, you know, lived in Hawaii part-time and, and were huge um, fans of Hawaii and uh, that we didn't even plan, uh, you know, so right. it was something right. that when we look back at it, we say it was perfect. We didn't set it up, but it was, it was just absolutely perfect. So sometimes those things happen. Well, and I think with, it's funny because, you know, you mentioned like, you know, your, your oldest daughter wanted her wedding this way and, and another one wants a beach wedding. It's, it's funny in dealing with planning and especially when it came to budgeting with dealing with brides and grooms, um, you find that there's almost always something that is the most important component to the bride. Um, and unfortunately, that's not always the same thing that's the most important component to the groom. Mm -hmm. um, and I would always tell the brides, there's probably one thing that the groom's going to be a stickler about, give it to him. Like the majority of this wedding is going to be yours. And if there's one thing, if he is really a stickler about the cake flavor, or if he's really a stickler about the first dance song or something, give that to him. Because um, usually, usually grooms kind of back up on the wedding planning. I always found if you had a groom who was overly involved in the wedding planning, he was usually someone who was very anal retentive. <laughs> but, um, but it's funny how different things, like for some brides, and grooms it's it's the food like having a menu that is going to be memorable to their guest is is the most important thing and they're willing to you know spend the chunk of the budget on the food and then for some brides you know it's the dress she wants that wow factor when she comes into the dress for some it's it's the, the entertainment you know that mm -hmm. the, they're willing to spend the money on the band for some it's the photos and and so um I think it's interesting how different people, again, the main components of the wedding are the same, but for different people, what they experience at that wedding or what their guest experience at that wedding, the takeaway, I guess you would say, is different, you know, for different brides. So, which leads to the question, why are people so drawn to weddings? Why are people, like, why do people move heaven and earth and spend huge amounts of money to attend them? Why are people, like, why, why are we so fascinated? as a culture with weddings? I, I don't know. I think we love, we still love the, the idea of happily ever after. I yes. think we also um, are still clinging to, even though, as I said, we've become this transient culture, we, we are still clinging to that idea of, 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 a, of a community and that, that, that is smaller and predictable and that we can go back and visit and, and I think weddings are part of that I think weddings you know are the, part of that, the, that tradition the bride at Sunday night's wedding um, she made a, a little both the bride and groom made a little speech when they were cutting the cake and she said that people had asked her if she was excited about the wedding if she was excited to wear the dress if she was excited to cut the cake and she said of course she was excited about all of that but the thing that she had most looked forward to was having all of these people in the same room, people that they loved, people that had influenced their life, people that had been parts of their lives all in the same room. And she said, there will probably never be another time when all of you are in the same room with us. And mm -hmm. this is a moment in time that won't be repeated. And it was, it really struck me when she said that. I, I think that that's, you know, with weddings, we want to, a wedding is a beginning, you know, a wedding is a, is a turning the page to a next chapter kind of thing. And I think we want to be part of that adventure. We want to be part of that start, that foundation. And I think that that's, especially in our transient culture, as, as you were just saying, like you don't have all of your family 
together. You know, weddings and funerals bring everybody together. Right. And, and with a wedding, you have people from both sides of the family and your friends, your, you know, your closest friends, your support group, whatever, all in the same place at the same time. And I think it's, um, for me, that's something I really enjoy being a part of. That you know if you're in that room, you're in some way important mm-hmm. to the to the festivities and, and being a part of that is um is that's part of the magic of weddings I think absolutely yeah yeah I think that uh, I think that we want to be part of something bigger and that is and that is something that that is um, a big influence there and and you mentioned funerals and it's it's funny because I've had a conversation with a friend of mine whose mother passed away unfortunately um, earlier uh, this summer, and they had a very small funeral. But now this weekend, all of her mother's family and and some of her father's family and friends or whatever are coming to town to kind of have a a celebration of her life. They're not gonna they're not gonna do a uh, you know a, a service or anything. It's just kind of a gathering. And right. she said, I said, oh, are you looking forward to it? And she said, well, yes, but I keep thinking I wish they had done this when when mom was still alive. Right. And right. And I think that that's kind of uh, the, the f- that's why weddings tend to be the flips of, of funerals, because the, the, the person of honor is actually there. You know, my sister-in-law's father had been ill for quite some time. He had had a number of strokes and um, and, you know, every, everyone knew every time they saw him that that might possibly be, you know, their last experience with him. And um, he had a particular scare where everyone was called in. Like, you know, the the um, the son who was overseas in the military and the, you know, the the family who lived up north, like everyone was called in and everyone was there and he pulled through. It ended up not being something that was um, that was life threatening and he pulled through. But but he basically said, you know, how much he enjoyed having everyone there. And it, it made me think of it when you said that, that unfortunately with funerals, like I know there's, there's funerals where that's been the first time that I was in the room with all of my cousins in years or like at my grandmother's funeral, that was the first time that all of her grandchildren had been in the same place at the same time because there's such a, a large span and, you know, because of divorces and people mm-hmm. moving and things like that. And, um, and that is really sad that we, that we don't all come together while that person is, is still alive. Like we make a point of taking off time for a funeral. We make a point of attending or, or going through whatever expense and, um, and plans are necessary to attend. But we don't, you know, we don't do that beforehand. And I, and I think you're right. With a wedding, it's the flip side of that. With a wedding, you're making that time. You're making that expense. You're making it a priority while the people involved are actually enjoying it. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And this was something that I was particularly um, concerned about with, with Devin's wedding was because we, we, it was going to be the first time that we had had really a happy occasion since my parents had passed away, which would have been, oh, gosh, I can't, 2011. So like three and four years before, four and five years before, and that, that everybody was going to be together. And so we were really excited about it. But my experience with my wedding was that I really didn't get to talk to anybody who was there. Right. There are all these people. I look at pictures even 31 years later and say, oh, gosh, I forgot that so-and-so was right. there. Um, and some of these people I, I did never see again because, you know, just Life. things. Yeah, well, we yeah. moved to Hawaii. So, you know, yeah. um, and so we, we really tried to be deliberate with Devin's wedding and intentional about building in time. We, um, we had a big 
barbecue at our house the Thursday night before so she and Greg would have time to just sit and talk to people who were you know coming in from out of town and we did something um, the day after the wedding we did a huge brunch at my house too where now she wasn't there but I got to actually have the experience of getting to visit with a lot of people who I didn't get right. to see um, because I think a lot of times we have these big events and we invite all these people but we're so if, if, if you're the person of honor or if you're involved in it, you don't really have a chance to, to visit and, and exactly. enjoy it. So, yeah. We did, um, my night and I did something very similar where we had a, a, you know, a get together at our house the night before the wedding for his family and my family to kind of come together, meet, spend it, for us to spend time to, with, together with them. And then we also did a, a barbecue the day after the wedding for everybody to spend time together. And, um, but there were so many people that attended the wedding that weren't part of either one of those celebrations mm -hmm. that we literally got, you know, we made a point of kind of going around and saying hello to everyone, but it's a hi, thank you for coming. So good to see you move on. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like it wasn't actually sitting and spending time with them. And we added extra time under our reception um, because I wanted to make sure we had time to spend with everybody. And it still just went in such a blur. It went by so quickly. Yes. Um, so well, I don't know. I just, I think, um, I don't know. I think we're all, fascinated with weddings like you, you yeah. look at you know movies about weddings books about weddings like everyone is fascinated with weddings I do think it's a lot of what you said that we want that that idea of happily ever after I think out of all the world and all the people all the hardships these people have made the commitment to kind of pledge their life together and I think we we want to be part of that we want to see that like I think weddings give us hope and um, I true. think you see that in the attraction you know, to movies, um, I don't know, just off the top of my head, you know, four weddings and a funeral or the wedding planner or mm -hmm. um, father of the bride or like you look at these iconic movies that, that people just love that are all, you know, centered around weddings. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Even Steel Magnolias. I mean, for me, that's, yes. that's what, you know, I, when you were talking about the groom, I was thinking about the groom's cake. It was an armadillo. Remember yes. <laughs> the red yes, cake. the red velvet cake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so, yeah, I think... I think we like that. And yet we don't, it, it's, it's interesting to me because I have had readers beg me for wedding books for different couples and I've given in really and written about, about like had a book that was just about a wedding just once and that was I Choose You. And that was one of actually my favorite books because it was about a big Italian wedding and um, you know, just all of the all of the craziness that goes into that. And it was a Christmas wedding too. But it was interesting to me that I had a one particular reader who said that she likes to read my weddings because they're non-traditional. Not that I think they're particularly non-traditional, but I think she, she liked the fact that, that there were, that there were, you know, little, uh, things that happened and little, um, you know, squabbles and, foibles and things that went on and it wasn't necessarily a picture perfect um, event overall and, right. and so I think right. that readers want that they want to know that it's not you know if just think how boring it would be if we wrote all perfect weddings right well hello I did an entire series yeah, well that's true I have an entire series of wedding planner of, of things that some weddings where everything goes right but some weddings where everything goes disastrously wrong um, which was you know a lot of, of my experience planning weddings yes. was that some it goes right and some it, it just goes disastrously wrong. It, it seems like the ones where the bride is most 
um, particular about everything, most critical about everything, the ones where the bride is looking for something to go wrong, those are the weddings that just tend to snowball into disaster despite your best efforts. And it's just like, ugh. and then the weddings where everyone is laid back and they, and they are, you know, it literally is more about spending time with family and friends and making the commitment than it is about the event itself and, and whether or not it goes perfectly. Those are the weddings that, that, tend to kind of sail, you know, that things go well with them, but yeah. Um, yeah. And but yeah, it's, it's interesting as though I just, the, the second wedding book I did was army blue, which just came out last month. And that was the one that was set at West point. And it was that kind. It was, we want everything to go right. We've planned this, that we've done this. And yet, you know, I think that that's when things happen. That's yep. when, and, and do you roll with yep. it? And how important is that wedding? You know, um, our, our, feeling has always been, my family's feeling has always been, a wedding is wonderful, but it's one day. It's, right. it's the marriage that's the bigger issue. And, um, and so I, I try to imbue that in, uh, when I write weddings. I would always tell my brides that plan B stands for the best that we can do in the situation. Yes. So like whatever happens, we're going with plan B, that's the best we can do. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, I think that that's, it's a good life lesson as well, whenever, whenever things don't go well, but, um, well, if people would like to read about our weddings and kind of, um, see weddings from our point of view, give us again, the names of your books that include weddings or are about weddings. I have two books that are totally about weddings and that is I choose you. And that's part of the perfect dish series and army blue, which is a shorter one that is, um, um, part of the career soldier uh, series. Um, and I think I, I was trying to think as I sat here about how many other weddings I've written, but at least at least two or three more that are just, you know, within the uh, within the series. So I, and I challenge you, how many weddings have you written about? How many weddings have I written about? I don't even know. I did the um, Tales Behind the Veil series is all about weddings. And yeah. so the first three in that book, the Wedding Planner Trilogy in that series, Diary of a Single Wedding Planner, Diary of a Wedding Planner in Love, and Diary of an Engaged Wedding Planner, um, is written in a diary format. And so it follows um, Tyler, who who works, you know, for a wedding planning company. And it's it's basically Tyler's adventures in weddings. And so her her diary may include, you know, blind dates and horrible dates and things that are going on in her own personal life as she's moving towards trying to find her own happily ever after. But it also kind of chronicles things that she's going through in weddings, whether that be um, a bride with wet nails who needs help with her mm -hmm. pantyhose to being, um, you know, a groom who has cold feet at the last minute to being uh, champagne being popped where the cork almost knocks her out, like just different things that happen at weddings and so I don't I don't know how many total are included in there but it you know it covers her her life her career yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. they're fun to write about it is I think the cool thing about writing about weddings is that we get to have the experiences that I, I only had one wedding I only will have one wedding um, and and if my if all four of my kids get married then that's four weddings that I'll be involved in then but I can write about any kind of wedding. I can, I can have my couples do whatever they wanted to. So that's the well, fun Well, that thing. was one of the things that was really funny for me um, in Diary of an Engaged Wedding Planner was I got to plan that character's wedding. And so finding, uh, like I literally have a, a, a board 
um, of, you know, all of her bridesmaids dresses and her wedding dress and what her flowers looked like and what her menu was going to be because I literally planned out her wedding mm-hmm. so that as I, as I wrote about the event in the book that I, you know, kind of had in my head what was going on. And, and I've shared it with people in my, I have a Facebook reader group, the Ultraviolets, and I've shared it with the Ultraviolets, like um, some of them, when that book came out, I shared with them like, okay, this is what her wedding dress looks like in my head. This is what the bridesmaids dresses look like. And so I do think that's one of the fun parts of, of writing about weddings is yeah. you get to plan this wedding that you don't have to pay for. Exactly. It, the sky's the limit. You can plan it to be whatever mm-hmm. you want it to be. And, um, and so, yeah, you don't have a lot very... of people disagreeing. If you don't want them to disagree. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. If the groom's mother doesn't like what you picked, you can just write her different dialogue. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I suppose we should wrap up for the day, but thank you to all of you who have listened today. We would love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear your um, any stories that you have about your own weddings or weddings that you've attended. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what it is that draws us to weddings. That's true. One of or my maybe some of your favorite wedding traditions. One of my readers just got married last uh, a week ago today, actually. So oh, fun! Happy, so we definitely should happy should hear one about week. Hers. Happy one week, Brittany. Yeah, and yeah. then I know um, there's one of the ultraviolets, um, Danielle, that recently got engaged. So she's in that wedding planning yeah. stage. So um, very, very good. Um, if you would like to contact us, if you'd like to tell us your wedding stories um, or share anything else with us, you can reach us at anopendialogue1 at gmail.com. That's the number one, anopendialogue1 at gmail.com. You can also find us um, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, Tadra Candle and Violet Howe. We also both have websites. We would love to hear from you. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.